Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning into the Janelle B. Stewart podcast. I am your host, Janelle B. Stewart, an award-winning beauty editor. The Janelle B. Stewart podcast is a weekly lifestyle podcast designed to educate, empower, and engage. Episodes touch on various topics of our lives, including health and fitness, love and marriage, entrepreneurship, parenting, self-love, and much more. My goal is to have you feeling uplifted and inspired after you listen to each episode. Welcome to episode 32. In this episode, I am going to discuss why I need therapy. So in episode 31, in case you missed it, I basically introduced my mental health podcast series and I discussed in great detail why it is I've decided to do this. I also explained why your girl has been away for like mad long and I broke down what were going to be the five episodes of this mental health podcast series. So do check out that episode if you missed it. It's only about 15 minutes and it gives a great overview of what's in store for the next five episodes, including this one. So before I hop into the episode, I actually want to shout out those of you who took the time to leave me a review on iTunes, or maybe you took the time to send me an email. Many of you actually left comments on my Instagram and Facebook announcements of the last episodes, sharing with me feedback and what you were most excited about. And then I also got some DMs. So I want to just take a second to shout those of you out that did that. I really appreciate it. So I'm actually going to start with with a um, review that I got back in March um, because I love to read reviews and I've, I've been gone for a while. And so I didn't even realize that I had this review. So this review was on iTunes. It was rated five stars and it was titled Eye Opening. This review was left by username Jab817. And they write, I'm currently struggling with understanding how to treat my significant other as I would want to be treated. And this podcast has opened my eyes to learn to be more understanding, loving and caring, not only with him, but with myself as well. Thank you for thank you, Janelle, for providing some guidance. So I she's definitely responding to my marriage series. I did a marriage series, I think, in 2017 um, during the month of February. I did a bunch of podcasts with my husband as a co-host for like one or two of them. And um, I think that that was a great series. If you didn't tune into that, you can definitely like tune in to check out what that was all about. So thank you so much. Now I'm going to go to Instagram. Let's go to the gram and see what people are saying on the gram. (laughs) Okay, so I have a comment from Kingdom Roads. This is awesome. Can't wait to check it out. From Jib underscore 1969, he writes or she writes, finding a therapist seems to be very hard. Looking forward to these discussions. My girl, Paco Sandy 42, says, this is awesome, Janelle. I will be on the lookout for this podcast. 
And my love, Natural Mommy 15, actually said something that was so surprising to me. She said, you have such a soothing voice. I don't know how I missed that you have a podcast as well. And she and I got to talking and I was like, really soothing? Like, that's so different. And she said, yes, it honestly calmed me down. I listened to the clip about three or four times. And she recommended that I create like children's audiobooks. I was like, okay, new business venture. I am all about that. Let me get them coins. <laughs> so my love, Chrissy May 01 said also on Instagram, thank you for touching this topic. I will listen to these ASAP. I can't wait to hear the episode, I, Am I Healed Now or Do I Still Need Therapy? And that episode is going to be the fifth episode in the series, which will be episode 32, 33, 34, 35, 36. That will be episode 36. So this is episode 32. So that will be coming soon. So I shared a review on Instagram. It was an old one. So I didn't really share it earlier because it was from a year ago. But the the review was, you have great tips and information that I appreciate, but you tend to ramble. <laughs> and the person gave me a three. <laughs> they gave me three stars. Now, when I read this, of course, when someone gives you like not such a positive review, you can't help but like be all in your feelings, right? But to be honest, like where is the lie? <laughs> I'd say they summed me up pretty well. I do give great tips and information and I do enjoy a little bit of rambling or a lot of rambling. And to me, I like to refer to it as context and um, sharing examples, sharing more information to help solidify and also drive home the point, right? Like I could give you an answer and it could be black and white, but I love giving you a story behind it. So in response to that review that I shared on Instagram, my love Kim Chin Lee, Kim Chen Lee says, uh, the smiley face emoji, like the really happy laughy one with the with the um face sideways. She said, oh, no, they didn't. I appreciate the rambling and so glad to have you back on the podcast as sis been waiting. So I am definitely excited for, you know, the conversations that we're about to have. Um, oh, you know what, guys? I actually have a, a, a an email. Someone sent me an email to my podcast. So let's read that. Okay, so my love's name is Ogugua. And she says, hi, Janelle. I'm really excited about the series you're starting now. I look forward to hearing your perspective and hope this sparks conversation in the community and facilitates people seeking professional help if necessary. You're doing God's work. Best regards, Ogugua. Well, girl, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys know I'm a giver. I am a giver. I'm a lover. I'm a supporter. I'm a helper. I'm an empowerer. I'm an inspirer. <laughs> Insert any positive women supporting women word, and that's me. So I really, really appreciate what you all have said, and I'm excited about your excitement for this podcast series. And so thank you for listening to those and so, and so if you have something to say, if you have something to say about my upcoming episodes, if you want to leave me a review, if you want to tweet me or Facebook me or Instagram me, please do. And you can be featured on an upcoming episode. So today's topic, 
as I said, is called I Need Therapy, Here's Why. And as I record this episode, I'm actually about 20 minutes out before having to go to church. So it's likely that I may start this and then I may have to come back and, you know, put this together. But basically, I am committed to getting these episodes out to you, which is why I'm sharing that. So you know that your girl is literally doing the most right now, but working hard to make sure that I support people. So I want to start by saying that the whole idea and how and I came to go to therapy, why I needed it, um, it's a very sensitive topic, right? And it's so sensitive. And the reason why I went to therapy is even more sensitive because I went to therapy because I was struggling as a parent. Now, as you're listening to this episode, if you're an amazing mom or dad, then some of the things that I'm about to say that I was doing as a mom are going to make you cringe. Um, They may make you look at me differently, although I really hope that you listen to this episode with the heart of understanding and that you can be empathetic because what I was going through, I know I'm not alone. And I did share my therapy experiences on my Instagram and my Facebook. And when I shared, there was an overpouring of feedback. I mean, the comments, hundreds of comments from other moms sharing that they are going through the same thing, but they never considered therapy as an option for it. And so I just ask that if you find yourself judging me because of what I share based on the things that I did as a mom to just pray for me and pray for my healing Pray for me to be better, pray for me to get better, and also keep in mind as you listen that I am working on myself and that this whole entire series is based off of one mom's testimony, her real life, raw, authentic, genuine testimony about the struggles of parenting that a lot of people do not want to share due to the same issues of feeling like they're going to be judged and not wanting to put out there that they're doing something wrong. And um, of course, when you are doing something wrong, you don't want anyone to see it. You want to do it in the dark, right? We don't want to bring it to the light. And so I know that I'm not alone. I know that therapy has, has helped and I know that therapy is a great option. And so I'm saying all of this to say that I just want you to just be open hearted when you hear me talk about what I'm about to talk about. Okay. All right. Hope I prepared you enough. So it all started back when my son started going to school. Uh, He's now in the first grade, but when he was in kindergarten, I know so young, it's so cute as well. We were developing a morning routine. And our morning routine consisted of me waking up him and also his sister, who was not school age at the time. And um, I'm going to use my kids' names because it makes for an easier storytelling story, right? Put characters' names in here. So most of you already know my kids, so this isn't really like a privacy issue. (laughs) My son's name is Joel and my daughter's name is Elle, okay? So... I would wake up Joelle in the morning for school. I would wake up Elle as well to get ready because we needed to get her brother off to school. 
and um, get him breakfast, get him cleaned and washed. And we would do all of these things every single day regularly. And um, at the beginning, when we started doing this morning routine, I was a very patient mom. I was very um, aware that this was a new routine and that this was new for my son, this was new for my daughter, this was new for me. And so because I knew like it was new, I was patient and understanding and I was really um, committed to like teaching him his routine and making it something that we all could follow with ease. So there would be like no difficulty getting through this, you know, in months to come. And I've always been the mom and I would say the, the type of person I'm, I'm this way in my business, I'm this way in my marriage, I'm this way in my friendships, where I want to basically create a system that we can follow long term so that ultimately I don't have to be the director of this system, right? So I want to basically create a create a methodology that we all can follow. So in this case, we would have the routine. I um would ha- teach my son how to follow it and then ultimately I wouldn't have to force him or or not really force him but I wouldn't have to direct him is how I should say it I wouldn't have to direct him as to what he needed to do so we'd wake up we'd get dressed we'd go in the kitchen we'd eat breakfast we'd clean up we'd go brush our teeth we'd wash our face we would moisturize and then we would pack our bags and then usually by that time if there was extra time we'd do some enrichment like I would read to him or he would practice his reading to me um and we would come you know do this routine every single day like this was the way that we were working together so after about let's say six or so months at this point now, my son is six. He went into kindergarten already five because his birthday's in December. So he's six, right? The new year comes and now I'm really confident that all of the practicing from September, October, November, December, now is January, that he is going to be so good at this routine that I can start to take a step back and save time working with him to like, just, you know, whatever else I needed to do, load the dishwasher, put some laundry in, um, help his sister and uh, simultaneously help his sister because obviously I'm helping both of them. But um, now I could just maybe shorten our morning routine or do something else with the same time. That's how my mind operates. So I noticed that parts of the morning routine that my son should have been able to do, he was like playing around And in my mind, he was fully capable of doing them. He was just choosing not to do them or doing them really, really slow. So every morning when I would sit with him in his room, I was not dressing him. I was just guiding him. And now I've stepped out of the room so that while he's getting dressed, I can go and get his sister dressed. Now I come back to see that he's not dressed at all. So now he's requiring supervision so I would supervise and when I would be there he'd get dressed and everything and and so now I have to supervise and you know like I said my goal is to get him to the point where he's independent so that I can go and do something else simultaneously and that was not happening and girl I was getting upset I was getting really upset so um it would also be the same at breakfast sit down with him Um, As long as I'm there saying, take another bite, take another bite every like two minutes, then he would eat. 
Otherwise, it would be like he wouldn't finish. If I left him to eat while I went and did something else, I'd come back and he wouldn't even be halfway done. Um, Take him to the bathroom, unsupervised. Once again, he wouldn't do nothing. So the whole morning would be wasted unless I would sit with him to supervise him to make sure like he was moving along. So we started to create, um, what I decided to do was create a systems chart so that he could follow. I printed out in a Microsoft doc um, different squares so that my son would see, okay, this is the first step, get dressed. And I put little picture clip arts in there, a get dressed one, one that showed him eating breakfast, another one that showed him brushing his teeth, another one that showed him, you know, um, packing his backpack. So I had these, these, um, this chart set up with the clip art image in there and then the days of the week across the top and then a box for each day and then he would get like a sticker when he completed each activity and I was using this as a way to help him recognize the flow because what I thought was going on was maybe because I'm not here he just doesn't remember what to do and if I can create something that he can follow then even if I'm not standing here he knows what to do next and then when I come back to check up on him you know he'll be like ready to move on to the next thing because he knows what's expected of him and he knows what to do so we implemented that I guided him through it he was doing really well he was also very excited to use it because kids love those type of charts and I feel like kids generally genuinely do want to learn how to be independent but they just don't always know how right so he was definitely excited about it I could see it in him his spirit would be like boosted when we would put a sticker on and I would be like good job you know great job Joelle you did you got dressed like okay let's go put a sticker we'd run and go put the sticker on and then I'd be like what's next and then we would get ready for breakfast and then all of these things would keep would keep him moving forward But I noticed that once again, unless I was like steering the ship, like he just wasn't capable of doing it independently. Now, let me add another element to the story. My daughter, Elle, who was a year younger than him, two years younger than him. So when he was five, she was she was three. And then when he turned six, going through the same going through this same routine, she was now four. Elle actually was fully capable of doing the entire routine on her own and actually was doing the routine on her own without me. So remember how I had said like I would I would would want him to do it so I could go and like help her because she's the younger child. I would oftentimes not need to help her because there were many mornings where I would go to check up on him and see how he was doing and then I'd come back and she was fully dressed. Meanwhile, he's not and then leave them both in the in the kitchen to eat their breakfast after I've served them and I would go upstairs to like brush my teeth or get dressed so that I could get myself ready while they ate and I would come back downstairs and Elle would be completely done cleaned up the table meaning she put her bowl of cereal um whatever she wasn't done with she dumped it in the in the trash and then she put the bowl in the sink and then she was in the bathroom already brushing her teeth And he'd still be sitting at the table doing like nothing, not even halfway done eating. So the person who needed the routine chart wasn't really moving along with the routine chart. And then the person who was younger, my daughter, who had nowhere to be really but to take her brother to school 
and um, didn't really, and I didn't have any requirements of her to have to be independent because I recognized that she was younger. And when he was younger, I was doing all the things that I was trying to do for her. I was doing them for him. And now he's older and I'm teaching him how to be independent. And now the younger one is just doing it all on her own. So the combination of me working with him for so many months and hoping that he would have been independent and having that expectation that he would actually be independent and it not happening was frustrating the hell out of me. And then you add on the fact that there's a younger sibling whom is fully capable and actually doing it, making me think like, okay, where's the, where's the problem happening here? Because she's clearly watching me teach him and doing it all on her own. Like that initiative was built into her and it wasn't built into him. So what the hell is going on? And so the more and more I watched my son not be independent, not take care of himself unless he was supervised, the more I got annoyed. And I went from being a patient, helpful mom who's coming up with strategies and ideas on how to get this boy to be independent, to have him take care of his himself and work on um, his hygiene on his own and all of those different things, I started turning into momster. And momster is what I call me when I turned into like a psychomaniac, screaming at the top of my lungs. There would be many mornings where I would be like, Joelle, why aren't you ready yet? I walked away from you five minutes ago and you don't even have on your shirt. Like I would be screaming. I would be so angry. Like, why aren't you ready yet? What is taking you so long? Get ready. And I'd be yelling and um, he'd finally get ready. And then I'd be like, what are you supposed to do next? And, you know, and like he'd run out of the room and I'd be like, sit down and eat your breakfast. And then like a few minutes would go by and, and you know, eating breakfast isn't like a long activity. So like after 10 minutes, I really felt like there was absolutely no reason why you're still sitting here eating a bowl of cereal. And what I noticed is that he would just get distracted. He would just not be focusing on on what was that task, the, the task at hand. And so I'd start yelling again, like screaming guys to the top of my lungs, like eat your food, stop fooling around, stop getting distracted, just eat your food. And I would be so mad. And, um, you know, I would get like crazy. Like I would be screaming so loud. My throat would hurt. My head would hurt. My stomach would hurt. I would just be so crazy. Like there's just there's just no other way to describe it. I was just crazy. Now, the yelling actually didn't make anything better. Most mornings I was just literally stressed out. Like I could feel my blood pressure rising. My I would have a headache. Um, he also didn't feel good because he was leaving in the morning and his mom had just been screaming at him for the last hour about every single thing he was doing wrong. And I was unhappy. I was unhappy. I was literally like, like, I hate this. I hate being a mom. This is not fun. This is not cool. Um, I actually got to the point where I started getting physical with him. Like when he wasn't getting ready fast enough, I would like be forceful pushing him, um, like grabbing on his arm, like get dressed. And there would even be times where I would hit him because I was just letting out my frustrations on him, none of which he deserved because like I said, he was only six years old. And 
it just got so bad with me being a psychomaniac, yelling and screaming, feeling like my head was going to explode. Um, there'd be days where I would just be so upset. I would scream and then I would like walk away from him and go upstairs and like get ready on my own and I would cry. But you know what the worst part about all of this was? Is that I love my son. I love him so much. Why? I mean, he's my firstborn. He's the first child that God gave me. And my my pregnancy before my son, I actually lost it. I had a miscarriage. You know, I prayed to God to have him so badly. And why am I treating my flesh that I birthed from my body like this, like trash? Is this like... Is this how you treat someone you love? Absolutely not. And I knew this. And this hurt me so much every time it was happening, which is why I was just unhappy with myself and how I was behaving. You know what? And and also, I'm usually totally in control of my actions. I'm sure if, if you're listening to this, you're probably shocked that this is how I'm describing my behavior because you probably know that, know me to be very in control of my actions, right? My level of self-control in almost every situation is usually usually like 99%. But for some reason, in the morning, with my son, getting ready for school, honey, I had no self-control. <laughs> self-control who? <laughs> Not me. And I kept thinking, why is the devil working through me in this way? And I had prayed a lot. You know, that was definitely something that I did. I prayed a lot for patience. I prayed a lot to be calmer. Um, when I would take a break from him and like go do something for myself, I would pray for me to have the patience and the calmness to go back and not yell. I'd pray for um, me to not yell. I'd pray for me to just accept, um, not accept, but to be able to handle my emotions better. And then I'd leave from him and then get ready and I'd go back and you know what? He wouldn't have done anything from the time I left him to the time I came back. And then I would just explode again because I just couldn't imagine that in the time that I left him to go get myself ready and came back like he did nothing. So if I left him eating, he would still be there sitting down eating. If I had left him brushing his teeth, he'd still be in the bathroom sitting there doing nothing. And he just wasn't moving along and it was driving me insane. So months and months of this had passed and... I was just not feeling good. I wasn't feeling good. You guys, I was feeling terrible. And I kept saying to myself, like, I I can't control him because clearly, like, I'm trying things. You know, I gave him a lot of support for months and months and months. And I watched him show me he was capable. So I know he's capable. He's definitely capable, right? Um, I created a routine and I watched him follow the routine. I watched him show me he knew what to do next. And, you know, with a little bit of guidance, like, okay, what's next? I was able to see him do it. 
But the pace in which he was doing everything was taking much too long. You know, if I gave him an hour to, to just get dressed, he would take the hour. If I didn't come back and say, okay, hurry up now, you got to move on, um, he wouldn't move on to the next step. And so I find myself having to come over to him every two to three minutes just to redirect him. And of course, when you have to redirect someone every two to three minutes, you get exhausted by it, especially when you know they're capable. And also when you have another person, another human being, two years younger, showing you that this can happen faster. And in fact, they did it faster without any redirection of any kind. So I was like, I know I this this ain't me. This is not about him. Like, there's nothing else that I can possibly do. Like, I'm, I've tried the screaming, I've tried the being physical, I've come up with the routines, I'm doing the redirection, he knows how to do it, and he's not doing it. So what I need to do is figure out how to keep myself together. And I really had this enlightening moment. I was like, I need to figure out what I can do so that when I'm going through this, because this is going to happen, this is going to happen. It is going to happen tomorrow. It's going to happen the day after tomorrow. It's going to happen next week. It's going to happen next month. It's going to happen. History has shown that no matter what I do, he is going to still do this. And crying to my husband about it isn't working. Oh, let me mention, because I know people are probably like, where, where, has, where is your husband in the middle of all this, <laughs> right? I would be asking that too, especially if, I, if you know I'm married, right? So at the time, my husband worked early hours at his job. He actually had to be at his job by about 4 to 4.30 a.m., if I'm not mistaken. And so he had to leave home around 3 a.m. So you can understand when it's time to get the kids ready for school, I'm doing it all on my own, all right? So that's where hubby was. He was at work. (laughs) And his days off were the weekends, Saturday and Sunday, when this routine wasn't even a factor, So I was dealing with this Monday through Friday, every single week, all on my own. So I cried to him. I cried to my mom. I was praying to God. I was coming up with different solutions on my own and nothing was working. And I knew I needed to work on me because I did not want to be this person. When I thought about being a mom, I imagined my me being the best mom ever. You know, you all probably did the same or do the same if you don't have kids, right? You think about what kind of mom you're going to be. When I have a daughter, I'm going to do this with her. When I have a son, we're going to do this together. And I had all these visions too. I'm going to be patient. I'm going to be loving. I'm going to be so helpful. My kids are going to be so smart, you know, and none of the things that I said I wanted to do as a mom was being displayed in my actions during this morning routine. None of it. I was not kind. I was so disrespectful. I was not loving. I was showing, I was spewing hate every day. I was not patient. I was the most impatient person in the morning. I was everything but loving. I was none of those things. There was nothing good about me in the morning when it came to my son. Nothing. And I did not want to go another day being that kind of person. Because I knew that this would be this would be the beginnings of a horrible relationship with my child if I didn't get it together. I also knew that this would probably be messing him up inside because the adolescent years when brain is in development, when our nervous system is in development, 
when our emotions are, you know, learning how to deal with our emotions and they're coming together, when we're learning how we're supposed to cope with certain things in the world, I knew I wasn't doing a good, a good example. I wasn't doing a good job of teaching him any of these things. I was teaching him that when you're mad at somebody, yell and scream, be physical, be abusive, be hateful, be hurtful, and don't exhibit patience. I was teaching him to be rude. I was teaching him to not really deal with emotions in a positive way. I was teaching him all of these bad behaviors, and I was also teaching my daughter these things too because she was watching me be crazy to her brother. So I was like, nah, I have to figure it out. And I have never in my life thought about therapy, but it kept coming to me because I had listened to um, a podcast or I was, I, I am subscribed, I should say, a podcast called Therapy for Black Girls. And once I became an entrepreneur and I would say my late um, 20s, I've taken a loving to self-help and spiritual growth and women's empowerment subjects. And Therapy for Black Girls, I had found a podcast episode that I loved so much. And that podcast episode wasn't exactly like about my issue, but it was definitely talking about it was it was something about the superwoman um complex like like shedding the superwoman persona what i'll do is i'll share it in the show notes of this video i will actually link that exact episode um from that podcast the podcast is called therapy for black girls and this particular episode was just talking about being the superwoman and i realized i had so much going on you know being a mom of two being an entrepreneur and really having to take care of my family, even though my husband was working, um, I, I am the breadwinner, and a lot of the um, a lot of the financial responsibility does come on me and did come on me. And I also worked from home, and that meant that I was always juggling two two roles. You know, you get to go to work, and you get to just be the employee. But I don't get that because I don't leave. So I'm home working, raising children, cleaning, cooking, and doing all of these things, taking kids to carpool and working in between. And all of this stuff was weighing on me and literally driving me nuts. And in that episode, I learned like I didn't have to be a superwoman, but most importantly, the idea of therapy was um, something that I had never really thought about. And so I knew I needed therapy because I had so much going on and I didn't realize that 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 was what was probably a good portion of what was causing me to act out the way I was. Now, I'm not going to say that if I had enough, if I had to leave my house for work and my kids were in daycare and all of these different things that I wouldn't have been crazy in the morning. I'm not saying that that wouldn't have happened because it really isn't any way to know because I definitely was stressed out about the fact that he wasn't getting it like why can't you do this on your own, bruh? Like, come on. You should be able to do this by now. I definitely had that feeling in me too. So I probably still would have needed therapy anyway, but I had to work on me, sis. I had to because I knew, you know, one of my favorite quotes is um, something along the lines of, the only th- you can't control what other people say and do to you. You can only control your response. 
You can only control your reaction. You can only control how you react. There's different variations of that quote. And that's the quote that kept coming to my mind. That was the message that kept coming to my mind is I can control me. I can learn to control me. Hell yeah, I can learn to control me. But I need help because I don't know how to do it right now. And every time I try to figure it out, I can't. And I'm sad inside. In the mornings when it's time to wake up, I'm so sad. I'm so depressed. Like I know what we're going to go through. Pray, ask for, for help, ask God to give me strength, ask God to give me patience, ask God to help me not yell and your girl would be doing it within 10 minutes. Sometimes I could last a little bit more than that, maybe 12, but momster would come out and I would be screaming to the top of my lungs, yelling. I knew the neighbors could hear me. I know it. And so it was time for me to get help. Yep, it was time for me to get help. So there you go. There's my reality. There is why I needed therapy. And um, I would love to know after you listen to this episode, (sighs) I would love to know what your thoughts are. I would love to know what you feel, what you think about, what comes to mind. You know, if you're listening to this episode right now, take a screenshot on your phone, put it on your story and share something with me or put it on your Instagram and share something with me. Put it on your Twitter, your Facebook, share something with me. Let me know what you think about what I'm saying right now. I would love for this to be an open dialogue so it's not just me talking to you or at you, but us having a conversation. Send me an email. I would love for you to talk to me about this. Um, And of course, leave me a review of, you know, this episode, this podcast, whatever. Um, Can you relate? Is this you right now? Do you know someone like this? If you don't have kids, was your mom like this? Have you gotten over this? Are you still going through this now? Do you have advice for someone going through this? Let's just have an open dialogue. I really want to have an open dialogue. So in the next episode, episode 33, I'm going to share with you what happened when I told my mom I needed therapy. And I'll just let you know already. Spoiler, I guess. She wasn't with it. (laughs) But I'll let you know how that went in as much detail as I as I can remember. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed this episode. I really do. And like I said before, pray for me and pray for those moms because you never know what we're going through. And being a mom is hard. It is so hard. So pray for the moms out there and offer a hand whenever you can. So I'll see you in the next episode. And as always, I love you for listening. Bye.